Na 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 It's a bat! Man. This week on Extinction Event, the Christmas Island Pipistrelle. A bat who will see its life on the cozy tropical island it called home be utterly wrecked by a nightmarish group of vacationers that never leave. Did you ever feel so bad inside? Welcome to Extinction Events. Oh my. Can I just, before you say whatever you're going to say, how is the, what what is it, airbrushing going? Well, that's what I was, the big sigh was about. (laughs) Like mine. Because on last uh, pod, talked about airbrushing and how I had the big plans to be you know, one of those guys on the boardwalk doing cool <laughs> airbrushes and stuff. Aiming high. That's kind of been, I aim pretty high with the airbrush and it's not panning out. Turns out it gets clogged a lot. Okay, so most of it is just cleaning whatever this device is you use to spray Yeah, it? how am I supposed to express myself with pigments <laughs> if all I'm doing is scrubbing and just tweaking and... You know, getting in the nooks and crannies. I'm figuring it out. There's a whole science of watering down stuff and whatnot that I hope to get through before I, you know, lose steam and enthusiasm for the project. But I wish I could just be a master already. Yeah. Yeah, that would be nice. Is there a way we could do that? I don't know. I'm just going to stick with it and keep trying. That's all I can do. That's how I feel about cooking. Oh, yeah. But it's like I've tried a few times now and I'm not seeing any results. Well, the benefit of cooking is that's something you kind of have to do. Yeah. If you want to eat food. And if I had to airbrush every time I wanted to eat, (laughs) I'd probably get better. But that's not the case. (laughs) Um, So you're, they're turning out sort of like most of my meals. They're not. Not great. If you squint and kind of move the paper like it's in motion, you might say, oh, that's nice. Oh, because you're, you're doing the waves, right? I'd, yeah. It's you like know. a moving wave. Yeah. Yeah. I decided, you know, after some experimentation that the best kind of 1970s, early 80s airbrush subject would be crashing waves. Like I'm at Panama Beach, you know, doing a t-shirt for somebody. Mm-hmm. And... um it's not can, so good. You can also do unicorns. No, I can't. <laughs> okay. Okay, chat. Maybe we'll keep talking about this, but we got a lot of stuff to get through before we even get to the episode. Trey, do you remember he helped me out with the Blackfooted Ferret episode? Yeah. Okay, so he wrote me back and he said he absolutely loved the episode. You guys did an absolute mammoth of a masterpiece. Mm. <laughs> Love the comedy. Uh, and if you need any research, uh, he's opening to do it again. So that's great news. Farming out the work. <laughs> Terrific. I could have used him on this episode, and I didn't. Thank I, you for the compliment. Thank you 
Trey, I'm glad you liked it, and I hope you're not just saying it. You really did. Obviously a big Polly Shore fan. Right. I also just... Jack. You heard from Polly Shore? No, but did you look at the episode artwork? Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, I, I hope everybody else did. There's a hidden Polly Shore. <laughs> He's coming out of one of the holes that the prairie dogs make. A very big hole. Also, I don't know if it's coming through, but it, it is raining quite heavily where we're recording today, so... Uh, and there's there's no sound barrier between us and the rain. You know what's so funny? Right after that episode, I immediately heard on the radio, like, Polly Shore is going to star in a biopic about the life of Richard Simmons. Simmons. Yeah. The workout you know, guy. The workout guy, yeah. curly hair. Really, you're doing it, ladies, you know. <laughs> and But here's the thing. Richard Simmons did not give his blessing. He, because he doesn't like Polly Shore? Uh, he just doesn't want to be in the limelight at all. He doesn't want a movie about him at all. But I don't know. Maybe he doesn't like Polly Shore. So. Well, then let's not make a movie about him. It's okay. You're not going to stop it. <sighs> He's not going to stop it. There's too many biopics. Don't stand in the way of Polly Shore revival. Well, I I approve him coming back, but let's pick someone else. Let's not do Brendan a biopic. Fa- Fraser just had his moment in the sun. He, he came back. What it, What was that? Did he? It was the whale. Yes, he is definitely back because he was also in uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. It, He's Scorsese. It was like a tiny part. He's back. Okay. You give Polly Shore this Richard Simmons biopic and there you got two thirds of the cast of Encino Man coming back for serious actors. And next thing you know, Polly Shore is doing a Christopher Nolan film. Are you starting a podcast about film reviews? It's at your new podcast because, like, can we talk about animals now? All right, what's this okay. thing? Is a wait, 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 wait. One more Piccadillo. thing. Piccadillo. One more thing. Uh, fan, you met, you know our horse expert Heather. Heather, our horse yes. expert. She also had something to say about ferrets in California being illegal, mm. and she says there are no. And then no uppercase feral ferret colonies in the United States, in spite of the fact that they are legal throughout the rest of the country. If they're able to reproduce and take over, they'd be in California anyway, having spread from Oregon or Nevada or Arizona. I can understand Hawaii not wanting them because uh, wanting them legalized because they already have an issue with the mongoose on the islands, Mm. which was introduced and now kills a lot of their native species. But pet ferrets are all spayed and neutered because they have to be uh, to be kept as pets. Uh, so she was uh, saying that it's not really good reason for them to be illegal here. I, but then I, I was like, it, I'm on, I'm on board. But what about the biting? Dogs bite. But cats but, bite. All right. Well, find I'm, a pet that doesn't bite. Okay. Fish will bite you. Can we? Can we get to the episode now? You ever been bit by a fish? Bit by a fish? Yeah. I certainly have been bit by a fish. You would. <laughs> uh, we did have a speak pike at, so that you, I forgot to play as what well. Are you sitting on a big hook or something? <laughs> what? Why? Wait, wait, why? This is a big old hook and you're sitting on it with your legs dangling off and fish came up, bit you? No! No! It, it, when you're Classic. Tr- you're playing around with a fish Jesus, when you're a kid. Anyway. Listen, God. Oh, wow. Can we play the speak pike real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. 
Hey guys, this is Owl. Uh, long time no here, but I'm so glad you're doing it again. I just had to pop in and say that I, for one, love the Tacoma Pupfish episode. I listened to it on the way up to a vacation, and I could not even stop laughing. It was fantastic. So you've got at least one fan of the Pupfish. And as for the recent muskrats, I am partway through, but I need to tell you that muskrats are closer to beavers than they are actually rats. They're a very aquatic riparian animal, and they're super cute. So definitely look into them, because I am on the muskrat side. <laughs> but absolutely, I am loving this, and I didn't even know about this one, so this is definitely one that's new to me, and I have extensively researched these guys. So there you go. You found something extremely interesting. Thank you. That's right. so nice. I, I like to pretend it's just us sitting here, but it's cool to to recognize that other people listen and leave nice notes like that. And also are heavily invested in gaslighting others about the pupfish episode <laughs> as being anything other than serious commitment to that ratings bomb. <laughs> um, and it's also a great reminder that we know nothing about any scientific yeah owl really called us out on uh our lack of education no i she's very nice and and she sounds like she knows what she's talking about and i'm saying that as a reminder of we don't really know what we're talking about well yeah it is a good reminder for everyone we're just talking about animals that i'm interested in (laughs) not you (laughs) forcing you to talk about them um and yeah we don't have a special degree in that or anything but yeah i love owl uh i love her encouragement very nice you thank know. you thank you and i forgot that we even had that voicemail there it is we should start including it in the show notes or something so that we could get more praises because it keeps me going feed that ego all right today we are talking about a bat oh but wait 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 that is really interesting that they are closer to beavers than rats so really un uh successful nameage there musk rat yeah should have been a musk beaver musk beaver yeah there here's another put a cap on that one right today is another interesting name we're talking about a bat called the christmas island pipistrelle pipistrelle Okay. Okay. I don't know what it, like what. <sighs> First, Christmas Island mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. has to be the most disappointing name <laughs> for anybody under the age of like 15. De- Any visitor under the age of 15. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you Who are... celebrates Christmas, obviously. You're right. You're expecting. You're, oh, Christmas Island? Trees. Elves, lights, and it's just a tropical paradise. It's probably named that because, like, sailors had to eat the captain on Christmas and they were stranded. I don't know. Well, okay. Uh, part of its name there, Christmas Island, it got its name from where it lived. And the island got its name when it was discovered by Europeans who found it on Christmas Day in 1643. Congrats. I'm into it. It's like, where's the Halloween land? Let's get some more theme lands that aren't just parts of a theme park. 
Mm-hmm. And I will say that wasn't the first time anybody had seen the island. That was just the first time. These Europeans are like, welcome to Christmas Island. We're going to name it. We're going to make it official. Yeah. But okay, so this pipistrelle, the Christmas Island pipistrelle, it's part of the Vesper bats, which are pretty small. This one only weighed about three to four and a half grams. So that's about a nickel. Really light. (laughs) (laughs) Ridiculous. And that word Vesper is derived from a Latin term that means evening, evening. Oh. Um, so obviously bats, we think evening, but I looked it up and not all bats are nocturnal, just most of them. I said wasp because Vespa is like Italian for like a wasp or hornet. And I don't know that for sure. Mm. That would, that's th- just like my guess. You think Vespa and Vesper share are, similar roots? Right. Yeah. Hmm. Well, maybe I got it wrong. I, you looked it up and I just pulled that out of my butt. Eh. So. who's to say so the pipistrelle is just a type of bat within that vesper family and the word basically translates to bat so that it's like a i think a fancy way of saying the christmas island bat which i'll probably be saying for the rest of the episode or like probably what the scientists who study them you could call them pippies pippies yes and I, again, just pulling that out of my butt, but I would assume just by the laws of everybody needs to shorten everything to be a nickname that they'd be called Pippies. I agree. And also what is interesting is that now I'm going to have to put the um, explicit title on the episode oh, since you no. said butt. Okay. I thought because I said Pippies. Pippie <laughs> and butt. Look at... Uh-huh. Okay, Christmas Island is now part of Australia. It's slightly bigger than San Francisco, and 60% of it is a national park, which is cool. It seems like a really nice place to vacation. It was developed over the years for phosphate mining. And as they develop it, some pretty interesting characters will come to the island, which we will get into. Yeah, okay. I'm trying to figure out who's going to eat a bat. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, I like I'm going to put you... my bet. Snake. Cave snakes. Um, Cave snakes. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. Snakes are good. That's a good guess. Okay, so just to recap, the Christmas Island bats are small. They're going to eat insects. They have communal roosts, and those roosts can be in tree hollows or decaying vegetation. Okay, 1643. That marks the date when Europeans named the island and their curiosity about it is sparked. And it's only a matter of time before they colonize it and they find a way to use whatever resources it it has to make money. No new story here. Mm -hmm. In this case... That's going to be the phosphate, which is something they use primarily in fertilizer. Mm-hmm. Um, how it, they get that out of the earth is they dig up large areas of land, clearing everything. They dig down a bit till you reach the phosphate rock, I guess. Okay. Uh, and then after they get the phosphate, I believe they move all the soil back. 
but yeah, it's pretty destructive to the ecosystem. Yeah. Um, You're tilling up a garden. Pretty deep garden. Yeah. And um, that's what they're going to do with the island. It will be a while before they're able to actually start mining it. It'll take over 200 years to really get things going from that first time they see it. Okay. <laughs> um, the first shipment of phosphate will leave the island in 1900. So you have to imagine that in those 200 years of surveying the island, setting up the colony, developing the mining operations, many, many boats are going to be coming to the island, and those boats will bring some new additions to the ecological landscape. Rats. Yes. Maybe a cave snake. How, do you... Hmm. That's, I'm just going with my guess. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, I was just like, did you listen to this episode? Because, yes, there's a snake. Yes. Okay. And there's more. There's, like, a, a lot more. And that's why this is a really good extinction. There are crazy-sounding, really wicked-sounding invasive species that get onto the island. So, what you're setting me up for is, like... A race from all these invasive species to see who can extinct this bat first. <laughs> is it going to be the rats? Is it going to be a snake? Is it going to be human? Is it going to be some other fourth thing that I don't even know about yet? I, I wasn't thinking about it like that necessarily, but yeah, if you want to. Like, right. have it in your mind. Which one of these things is going to take the bat out? Okay. So, yeah, just to get it out of the way, you called it black rat is is there pretty standard it's a gimme it's a gimme right yeah it's an animal that's no stranger to traveling to islands and then just kind of having at it and taking over the black rats are thought to have arrived on christmas island in 1899 so that's you know pretty close to when they start doing the phosphate mining yeah um now there was also another rat that lived there the christmas island or the bulldog rat, <laughs> had two names, uh, that already lived there, but after the black rats arrive, they will rapidly go extinct as well. But they're rats, so we don't care. <laughs> but, I get, yeah, I mean, we should care. Don't care, bye. <laughs> so they go extinct from disease that's introduced by the black rat. And as far as what impact the black rat is going to have on the Christmas Island rat or the Christmas Island pippy, Mm -hmm. I believe the rats were eating the bats. How? Jets be on me. I don't, it's, this is a thing. There's a ton of information about the dynamics of what the invasive species were doing directly with these bats. Uh, It was more just like, we know all of these things came and they're pretty crazy things. It's hard to say exactly. I mean, it could have been a disease-related thing okay. as well. So they're not like climbing up and then jumping down on the rats and, right. and chomping them and stuff. Um, and they don't only, you know, live in up high in trees. They will live in other places like decaying vegetation, maybe a little bit lower down. So it's not to say that they can't. And I do think that the rats are pretty agile. Uh, they could get up there if they needed to. Okay. So. Who knows? But whatever. That's sort of like the throwaway invasive species in this story. Um, Up next, the common 
wolf snake. <laughs> There's your snake. I don't know how you call the snake. Like, I, I be you know why? It's because I saw some clip of snakes hanging out on the side of a cave, waiting for a bunch of bats to come out, and then what? they lunch. Oh yeah, they lunge at them and eat them for lunch. So I was like, I'm just gonna roll the dice on snake here. So you recently saw that video clip, like two years ago. Oh, okay, okay, all right, fair enough. Okay, it's, oh, so this wolf snake—it's not all that crazy. It's just got a really cool name, uh, and it gets that name from their enlarged front teeth, which gives them a muzzled appearance, similar to canines. Other than that, they aren't particularly large. They can reach about three feet or one meter. They're also a nocturnal animal. So that wasn't great from the bats' perspective, right? Because they're up when the bats are up. And I'm not sure how they got there either, other than stowaways on the ship, right? On a ship. Maybe they threw them in there to take care of the rats. On the ship? Are you like crazy? You just want you you're rolling across the ocean with snakes. Snakes aren't going to give you disease. I just that seems like night. I couldn't nightmarish fuel to me. Like I'm up on a, a higher deck. I'm and a too bunk. big for the snake. But there's snakes slithering around under the like on the next level below you. You're cool with that. You're gonna get a, ni- a nice night of sleep. Well, I'd rather that than a rat. Oh my god. I I am not a seafaring person. I think it's clear I would not have done well on one of these boats. Um so but what's weird is that the wolf snake they don't think it gets there until the nineteen eighties. Oh. Okay. So, so in the nineteen eighties, are you like, I'm gonna take care of these rats on the ship by throwing some snakes? No, down that's it? much more of like a I don't know, I'm keeping it as a cool pet. Yeah. Some weird like you have that one sailor who's a little off. This is 1980s like, sailors. There's not, it's not swashbuckling, and you know, this is more like some Australian teen with his pet snake being edgy and cool. Like some a rich kid I don't on a know yacht. What their like, socioeconomic I... status is. You don't have to have that much money to have a common snake. I just, are you taking it on a plane? Like, how are you getting it there? Why are you bringing your wolf snake to a little island? Probably a couple of them, since they need to mate and reproduce. <laughs> Unless they brought a pregnant snake. I, I don't, I would love to know more about how the, the first two snakes got there. Yeah, you're right. You need two wolf snakes for this to work. Uh, but there was actually already another snake there. Before uh, the wolf snake came, the Christmas Island blind snake. And that snake coexisted with the Christmas Island pipistrelle without causing the other to go extinct. It's an interesting thing to bring up because it's an example of an ecosystem in balance with the Christmas Island bat and the Christmas Island blind snake. Uh, One species two species that have adapted together so that even if one does prey on the other and maybe the blind snakes were taking bats every now and again, it's still not going to wipe out the other species because they've maintained that balance over millennia, right? Yeah. But when you bring in the newcomer, 
and it's got features the other species can't adapt to quickly, uh, that's going to just throw everything off and start leading to extinctions. We talk about this all the time, but it's it's a cool example, I think. Things find a balance point. They find a, a way to just chill at a certain level. They balance out, yeah. Yeah. Next up, the giant centipede. No way. Yes. Isn't it? This is so crazy. It's an all-star cast. <laughs> You're going to see this one. This thing, it's usually around 12 inches in length or 30 centimeters, and it is venomous. So cool. <laughs> uh, you talk about one that you don't want to be infesting a ship. Oh, my God. Because that'll just crawl right into your boot. Yeah, chill there you, till you dip your toes in, and then you get a venomous centipede bite. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you a little bit more about it to bring this picture to life. It has a pair of claws behind its head that inject the victim with prey. The victim <laughs> inject the prey with venom. Mm-hmm. They're going to go after lots of different things. Snails, scorpions, tarantulas, lizards, snakes, birds, and bats. <laughs> so they get introduced to the island. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Melissa, what what time about do they get introduced? That one, I don't have a date on it. Um, if I'd have to say earlier, maybe than the the wolf snake. 1980s, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because the bats don't hang around too long after the <laughs> after the 80s, so I I think that it was before then. Why do you ask, Jack? Oh, I I thought it was setting you up for an easy softball answer, but apparently oh. I stumped you. <laughs> no, you all—it's the one thing that I never look up. You always call that out. So now mm. it's amazing. Stumped. Some special sense. Um, so they have some pretty inventive hunting methods. One thing they can do is climb onto the ceiling of a cave, then reach down and attack their prey from above. Just, I mean, just think I just about shattered. that. Yeah. You're walking in a cave. It's dark. And then it just drops on your head. A foot long centipede, venomous centipede is on your head. <laughs> I would grab it so quick and just nunchuck it. Yeah. Like Bruce Lee. <laughs> and then break it over my knee before it could even use his claws. Okay. Okay. <laughs> But that's just me built different, right? I I'm just throwing it against the wall. It's like if I'm a three gram bat, you know, it's like the G train attacking me or something, you know. Right, you're done. You're, you've stepped in front of it. It's train. a subway train. Yeah, that's venomous. <laughs> suddenly bearing down on you. It's funny you mentioned the snakes coming down because I don't know why I'd forgotten that snakes do that, but it. It reminds me of that, but they're on the ceiling. I assume the snakes have a little bit of a grip on the rocks above a cave entrance, whereas the centipedes are just yeah. upside down. Well, in the video clip that I saw, the snakes kind of wrap themselves around branches ah. that are growing around the perimeter of this the, the cave's entrance, and all these bats, thousands, thousands of them come out, and the snakes just like, boink, sproing? Yeah, I can Grab see it. Grab a bat. 
Scrying is a good word for that. Yeah. Would you rather be a snake at the opening of a cave like that or a giant centipede on the ceiling inside? If I'm going to be a creepy crawly, I'm going the king. I'm going giant centipedes. <laughs> Venomous. Yeah. People just, I think it creeps out people more. More than a snake? Than snake. But I don't know because we also have it so deeply ingrained in our DNA to be terrified of snakes. Yep. Who has more more power? Hmm. The snake. I think snake's still scarier. I guess it's we've talked about this way too much, but the no legs really bothers me, and the centipede's got a lot of those, so I'm all too right. Too many legs. It's the opposite <laughs> end of the <laughs> spectrum. Many. Equally as creepy. All right. So there has been at least one recorded human death by a centipede. And this is a little graphic. Um, Did you just say human centipede? But, <laughs> did I say human centipede? No, they were just close to each oh other. Oh, my God. Human death by centipede. Yeah, human death by a centipede. Uh, and it is graphic, and it involves a, a four-year-old, which is not cool, um, in 2014, not, oh. not long ago. I know, um, but that's just show you how of the ones I've presented. Just say so it was far, like 1714. It makes it easier. It was right. It was um 300 years prior. Uh huh. Yeah. So this four-year-old in Venezuela died after being bitten by one, and it was hidden inside an open soda can. That is a nightmare how could it uh, wow gross i don't want any more details i'll just move past that and let that you know exist i hate everything about that i I wish i had my mind yeah every time i open a soda look i don't mean (laughs) we shouldn't be drinking sodas at all so let that be like if you're struggling to put down that vice think of what could be in there a centipede or a bee Okay. Yeah, that that's that sucks. Um so then of course, I'm surprised you hadn't mentioned it until now, but feral cats. Feral cats on the island. I you know, if I would have sat down and think about it, I probably could have come up with that, but yeah, it seems pretty obvious. Pretty, yeah. I it's it was so obvious I almost didn't even mention it, but yeah, they're a problem. They're there. But they're everywhere and it's not, they're always going to be there cuz we cuz cat people. So this is like Extinction Avengers. You got snake. <laughs> you got centipede. Rat, rat. Centipede. Cat. Was there another one? Snake. Did you do snake? I did snake. Okay. <laughs> cat, rat, snake, centipede. I think that's as far as we've gone so far. All combining their forces to get... And, you know, this bat... I don't think this bat has a chance. It's not looking good. Next, you're going to tell me people are somehow involved. They're like last on the list, but let's not forget that people brought every single one of these animals to the island. Okay, I saved sort of the the most bizarre one for last, and it's called the yellow crazy ant. <laughs> I know, right? Every every outfit like this has one guy who's just freaking <laughs> nuts. Like, you don't know what he's going to do. You know? 
He, he doesn't speak any English. Right. He's just in the corner babbling on about something. <laughs> Total loose cannon. But you got to have him if you want to complete the mission. Yep. I, he, he comes in at some point and you didn't think you were going to need him. And there he was. Saved, saved your, your bombie. Your butt. <laughs> saved your butt. Okay. The yellow crazy ant was accidentally introduced. So not intentional. Oops. Um, yeah. Sometime between 1915 and 1934. I've got the date there. Okay. Um, well done. The ant is named after the behavior it exhibits when threatened. Not by, because it was named by Professor Crazy. <laughs> I wish, man. Um, that, that would... You should have dropped that on me. It's named after Professor, Professor Crazy. Albert Crazy. Albert Crazy. It's actually a very docile ant. Um, <laughs> I yeah, it's I didn't go too deep, but I guess if it gets threatened, it just acts real crazy. You know, does some crazy stuff. Peculiar ants, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're going crazy, and I don't know what that means. Really, like, they don't bite really they don't really bite or sting they they just run around screaming yeah. <laughs> maybe like a couple of their ant hands are on their heads you know going ah i'm gonna do something great i'm gonna jump off this rock one is in the corner rocking back and forth <laughs> we're threatened mm. yeah one's got a knife just the kind of wild card you need on this mission right have you ever been bit by a fire ant? Yeah. It's not fun. No. It's like a bee sting. I'm going to put it on yeah. the same. It's like, ah. It's weird when, when I've been bit a few times now. Well, it, desert girl. Uh, yeah. You see those in New Mexico. But just traveling throughout America yeah. on a road trip, you might encounter one of those at a rest stop or something. But here's How'd you what, get bit? I don't remember. It's honestly, it's been a few times. I, they're guess. all melding into one. Let me guess. You were laying down on a big picnic <laughs> blanket. <laughs> That's probably playing in the dirt. I was, just, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't a picnic. fire ant comes up, bites you right but, on the butt. Yeah, I put my blanket on top of the fire ant hill. Oh my god! No, Classic. I didn't do that. Fire I... ants carrying you away, and you're sitting in a big picnic <laughs> basket. God. Listen, I can't wait to hear about your story, but I would just, I want to know if this is what happens when you get bit. It's like, you feel the pain, but you also just feel anger. Like, Mm. yeah, like. Somehow the ant transferred anger into your body. Like, just, just. Rage. Pissed. Yeah, I don't know why. No, 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 you know. That's a, you just it just hurts. It's just a little annoying. I don't really have a story. I just remember being bit by one and being like, "Did I get stung by a bee?" No, there's an ant attached to me. Yeah. Does it bite you two times? I don't remember if it, it bites you can a couple times. Pull it over your head, still there. You gotta like unpinch the pinchers. I don't remember doing that. Um, I had heard that some like tribes use them as sutures. Maybe that's like a real crazy big fire ant, but you can chomp them down and they'll like hold your skin together hi that sounds so look fake, it up so fake <laughs> okay i say i make up a lot of stuff i didn't make that up all right i'll look it up sure okay this ant 
the back to the yellow crazy ant is on the IUC. I got a crazy ant. Yeah, we all yeah we all got a crazy ant right i don't i don't really have a crazy ant but maybe i don't all my ants yeah, are sweeties yeah <laughs> okay you remember the iucn's list of the 100 of the world's worst invasive species yeah you want me to recite it backwards <laughs> starting in okay i don't know we the one we did was the uh the rosy wolf snail, it's the one that extincted the Hawaiian tree snail, if okay, you recall. Okay, yeah, yeah. I remember. Which you're always like, that's crazy. A snail is on the list of like the most deadliest animals, right? Yeah. This one's on there too. And it's not because it gets crazy and is, you know, rocking in the corner. It's because of the effect that they can have on an ecosystem. These ants, they can easily establish themselves and form super colonies, which is a, a cool term. Yeah. And um, sort of take over. And I kind of getting ahead of myself here, but I couldn't find hard evidence that these ants were actually preying on the bats. I wouldn't doubt it that they could. I mean, they're pretty small bats, but I can't say for sure if they were attacking them, right? So I think it more has to do with their arrival really messing up the ecosystem on the island. So Christmas Island is known for its large red crab population. Not that they're large red crabs, but there's a very big population of red crabs. People go there to see their migrations. Which see how are- big they are. <laughs> these, yeah, these, these huge crabs. There's a lot of them. Uh, it's a spectacular thing to see. But these crazy ants, they have a devastating effect on the red crab population there. Um, the ants, they take over the burrows of the red crabs. So they just go down in there and they'll kill any crabs that are hanging out and turn it into their own hill, their own little ant hill. This is our hill, see? Scram. <laughs> this is a part of our super colony. And if they're killing crabs, they're probably killing the bats too. I don't know. But it's estimated that they've killed 20 million crabs. <sighs> 20 million. Damn. Uh, and that's just that... one little thing they're messing up. They're messing up all kinds of other stuff. That's one domino, really. Yeah. Right, right. Um, These crazy yellow ants are a nuisance that's worse than the black rats, the feral cats, or the other uh, invasive species there. From an islander's perspective, they don't really care about the other ones, right? They care about cats, rats, and these ants. Yeah. Um, So they're not too concerned about the snakes or the centipede, right? Um, So the islanders, they're like, we're going to get rid of the, the ants. So... They're going to use an incesticide, uh, frip. An insecticide, not incest. Incesticide. <laughs> insecticide. Incesticide. Okay. Wow. I'm just so excited about this one. Uh-huh. I, I don't know why. Fipronil. Fipronil or something. And it's um, to fight back against the super colonies of the crazy yellow ants. Spoiler alert. The poison will not take out the crazy ants they will it will not take care of that problem oh boy but it probably does poison a fair share of your christmas island 
bats, aka pippies, oh. in the process. So that added another thing, right? So on top of all the invasive species that are now hunting the bats, uh, they also have to deal with poison. Curiously enough, I couldn't find any accounts of humans hunting or killing, directly killing the bats. But like I said, they introduced this ragtag team. Yeah. So uh, they are indirectly responsible. So that's the team. I don't have any more to bring. What else is there? You got this huge, you know, snowballing effect of different extincting factors piling up on each other, rolling downhill, getting bigger and bigger, headed straight towards a little tiny three gram bat who's going to get splatted. And see you later. Yeah. It seems like it was a wild few years there, probably, for. The Christmas Island Pipistrelle when all, like, the 1990s are when it, it's kind of like, this is the beginning of the end, but it probably started earlier. So, it to me, I was like, once you bring the snakes, though, right? <laughs> like, they brought, they brought the yellow crazy ants before that, maybe as early as 1915, right? Okay. So, they had been there for a while. When you bring the wolf snake... All of a sudden. It could have just been the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. Snakes, man. Okay. So no surprise, the Christmas Island um, pipistrels start declining in numbers. There is a dramatic decrease in um, the 1990s. It's likely they started declining around the time they started phosphate, you know, mining and yeah. stuff. But... We don't really start giving it a lot of attention until the 1990s. Surprisingly, everyone's like, we don't know what happened. We don't oh know no, what's going what on. Happened? <laughs> yeah. Um, and you, you still, you look it up and they say, well, we really don't know. But hey, here's all these crazy creatures that might have done it. So as the 2000s roll around, attempts are made to save them. The only data I could get a hold of for the early efforts were the head counts. So in 2006, for instance, a team goes out and counts the remaining individuals. I believe it was researchers from the Australian Bat Society. The ABS. The ABS. Doing the good work. <laughs> sounds sounds fun. They probably have a, a good time at a... I don't know where you go on a, in Australia. Not the Outback Steakhouse. They don't have those there. No, right? That's that's an abomination. Well, their version of that, you know, where you could like just rent a regular the side steakhouse. Just, just a regular steakhouse. Don't even mention Outback. More oh like a McDonald's. God. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you go to the VW Club and you. you VW Club? Yeah. Like, you, you ever heard of a club that meets on a monthly basis and you guys have to rent out a little room and like. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are we still talking about the Bat Society? Oh my gosh, yeah. I'm like, sounds like a fun society. I'd love to go to one of their meetings at the steakhouse. Okay, I assume they have been pretty rough. I assume that these numbers that we're getting are pretty rough. Um, but at the time, they do locate several communal roosts with one of those roosts containing 54 individuals. So... There's, you know, probably a couple hundred still out there. This is just one roost. And in 2009, so that's a three years later, 
Mm-hmm. A team goes out, and in that same communal roost, they count four individuals. At this time, they estimate 20 or less bats total in the field out there. That's that's not a lot. Uh, so at that point, with the support of the Australian government, they decide... To give that- them names. <laughs> 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 they Definitely those four. Uh, you're naming them after Australian Bat Society members, mm-hmm. or maybe like... The, the thing that you like to order on the menu that it's at the like steakhouse the appetizer yeah and and it's like you probably won't tell anybody you ate it because it's really unhealthy but the blooming onion yeah <laughs> so there's um they're gonna go out they're gonna rescue these bats okay bring them into captivity and use those to start a breeding program the australian bat society researchers are out there trying to find the remaining christmas island bats They spend four weeks searching. And in that time, they only locate a single bat. The loneliest bat in the world. So sad and lonely and... Orphaned. They were unable to capture it. They couldn't get it. And I'm assuming if they had, they would have named it at that point. Bruce Wayne. Oh. Batman. Nice. Orphaned. Get it? It's all coming together. Yeah, it took me a while. I'm not, not, not fast, but uh, eventually, give me long enough, I'll get there. Uh, so even if they did capture it, though, one's not enough for a breeding program, right? Uh, no. Yeah. So, okay. So no uh, Christmas Island pipistrels have been seen or heard since they located that one bat. Fifty years have not passed since the last sighting, and you know that's when you can say it's extinct. But regardless, for some reason with this one, it's still considered extinct. <laughs> like, don't even bother. Uh, that's how Wikipedia. Just call yeah. it. It's crazy. If, on Wikipedia, that's you can. It, it's got the extinct label, huh. um, which I don't love. I, you know how I feel about premature extinction declarations. Like, let's just what's. Who can like wait? What's the rush? It took a millions of years to evolve yeah. to this. We gotta say they're extinct immediately. Give them their fifty years of fame. Maybe they're just real good at hiding. Right, they're tiny, about that small. Could be anywhere, right? I don't know how big Christmas Island is, but uh, a little bit bigger than San Francisco, if you recall from the beginning. I don't recall that. Oh, yeah, <laughs> San Francisco, you say? Yeah. Hmm. So not that big. Just a lot of places to hide in San Francisco. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. All right. So a lot of colorful creatures and factors went into this one. It's um, a tough one to pin on one thing in particular besides humans since we did bring all those things. Any last thoughts on like who might have like... Yellow crazy ants. Yellow crazy. For sure. Okay. You can't have a name like that and not be the one responsible. I'm a, yeah, but I'm, I'm. What do you want to put it on the snakes? It's we snakes. don't. Okay, it's fine. Snakes. Okay, um, what is crazy is that all those invasive species that we talked about are, I believe, still on Christmas Island. You know, that's theirs now. Good. I'll um, not go visit. Money centipedes. Gross. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm good without that. Um, it's 
thinking of it crawling on you. Nah, crawling on your arm or something. Not good. Um, so including the yellow crazy ant, which continues to be a problem for the red crabs, which is a bummer because it's probably their biggest tourism draw. <laughs> like if you go on their website, they tell you when the um, migrations are going to happen. And it's like, it'll be within a day or two of the date. They're like, they come at this day every single year. That's cool. And it's a few times, like they go back and forth. It's not just once. And it really does seem like a nice vacation spot. During the migration, you could see around 50 million crabs crawling across the island. I mean, that's cool. That's, yeah. That'd be something to see from the ocean. Yeah. So don't need to go on the island. Thanks. It's true. I, we, we just mess up everything we touch. But uh, I bring it up because they have built these wacky looking bridges over the roads and they're almost vertical on the sides and that the crabs can just crawl up skitter up there and then they go across a flat top and then back down a nearly vertical bridge and that's how they get them over the roads it's awesome looking and that's kind of christmasy all the red crabs right i don't <laughs> All right, good job, Christmas Island. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. Uh, just one question. You remember I sent you a story to read about that ship that got uh, that weird article? Yeah. Did you read it? I Can you remind me about it? I think I read it right when you sent it, and now I've forgotten. Okay, so there was a ship out front of Christmas Island, old-timey ship, and something weird happened to it. <laughs> no. I don't oh my gosh! Why are you tell me when we did this break. I f- well, I forgot, but the, I hope was hoping you remembered. No, I don't remember. Ah, we t- okay. Next time, can you come with that story about the ship? Because it's, it's from an old t- article titled "Strange Sea Tale." Oh, it's a strange st- sea story. Okay. Okay. Well, that was a good one. Was yeah, that was a good st- <laughs> good. It was a great extinction. I love the cast of characters. It, it really changed things up. You know, usually it's like one boring thing that comes in, and then the humans are around, you know. But this is cool. Yeah, and we get to meet some new uh, creatures that we don't normally get to meet yeah. because they're never going extinct because they're just too good, too <laughs> too crazy. All right. Well, thank you uh, for f- hanging out with me again and talking. Speak pipe. Yeah. What do you want? What do you want me to you, say? About you it? wanted to plug speak pipe. At the yeah, end. but I don't have the information. So if you want to, just look in the show notes, and if I remember, I'll put that link in there. And you can leave a little message. But if you want, if you have a message, or you can uh, email us at um, extinctionpod at gmail. Bye. Bye. Did you ever feel so bad inside? A Peg Leg Deer production.